This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio. It's always a great day when you've got things to discuss, uh, really to drill down on issues that confront us on a daily basis here on the Oakley Show. Uh, We get around to that, too, with our panel after 520, topics worthy of discussion. We'll also speak to uh, the exec director of Cycle Toronto after the news at the top of the hour because it's Vision Zero that the mayor's been promoting. You know, uh, nobody gets killed on the streets. Well, we've already racked up uh, as many fatalities this year as all of last year. We've hit the high water mark. And uh, what was it the other day? Within a span of 24 hours, uh, four pedestrians were killed in mishaps, cyclists as well. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, why this is maybe something that. Uh, we either can't get down to zero fatalities or uh, we can at least mitigate the carnage. However, I did want to talk about some other issues internationally speaking, as we were just doing insofar as this Marrakesh conference with the United Nations next week, where we're uh, more than likely to sign this compact on migration. But there is an international story of consequence that deals with the Chinese and trade, and it has to do with the chief financial officer of Huawei, uh, the big telecom and uh she's been apprehended by canadian authorities at the behest of the united states held in vancouver i understand is a bail hearing tomorrow they want to have her extradited to the u.s uh saying she's breached their uh embargo on uh iran or the sanctions on iran uh here to help me out in this regard and understand the implications dean allison has joined us the conservative shadow minister for international trade mr allison good to have you back on the show hi there Hey, great to be back on, John. So tell me first off with uh, the chief financial officer of China's Huawei Technologies. Uh, what are the implications here? Where is this going? Well, you know, when you look at uh, the problems that uh, the U.S. has with China right now, and, you know, fact that remains, and we, we've had some concerns ourselves as a party with Huawei and just some of the access points or backdoor access points, whether it's 5G, we're not just talking about phones, but you know, them wanting to build our, our, the backbone of the, the 5G network. You know, I, I think that we have to look at security and national security concerns as being something that's very important. So when you want to start talking about who do you side with or who do you support, do you support your neighbor, the U.S., or do you support China, I think, you know, that's really a, a good point. I mean, uh, the Chinese have shown themselves to uh, cut corners, to, to be national security threats, uh, not everything, but on certain issues for sure. And I think when our neighbors come and say they have a concern, then, uh, you know, this is, the, this, in my opinion, is the right thing to do. Yeah. I hope you're not on a Huawei phone right now because I can understand her <laughs> detention if that's the case. Uh, all right. A uh, little sketchy, but let's see if we can get, uh, you know, a clearer uh, signal here in a moment. But the idea that the 5G mobile network uh, would be perhaps uh, compromised if Huawei were uh, allowed to uh, be a participant in that, as uh, this is now, you know, developing technology on the very vanguard of where we're going with telecom. Uh, my understanding is all of our allies, the uh, five eyes, think that the Chinese do present a security threat. Do you? Absolutely. And I think if you look at some of their actions they've taken in terms of bringing backdoor access points, right, and the technology and this is, these are things that are consistent with, uh, you know, what Chinese spies use. Uh, we want to take these things very seriously. If we look at, uh, as you mentioned, the next generation of technology that we're going to build a backbone on, that the more things are going to be used on and more platforms, we absolutely have to take this seriously. All right. And uh, if we didn't actually uh, 
bar them from this technology, I think it might have actually also upset the United States and our partners, and uh, that would have been uh, something of consequence on that front. So we're sort of betwixt and between, because as I understand it, we want to have a trade relationship with China. Does this compromise this in any way? Well, I think at the end of the day, uh, China's probably not going to be too happy. We took it, we've taken someone with, uh, you know, I've heard it referred to as, as Chinese royalty, right? Very well connected with the Communist Party and with the founder of Huawei. And we are now looking at uh, sending them to the United States. But I think this is a question of we've got to look at who our neighbors and our friends are and our allies. And these are people that we need to be aligning ourselves with. So I realize it's not an easy decision, but I think, quite frankly, this is one that's important that we need to do. And we also need to make sure that we show the U.S. and our five eye partners that we're serious about security as well. And I'm not, I'm not convinced that this government realizes how important that this is. But I believe at the end of the day, this is something that we're going to – there's going to be more conversations had about this. Yes, of course, we're looking for somebody maybe to trade with down the road. So this will probably upset them. But I think they also need to be able to address our concerns around security issues. Again, with Dean Allison, Conservative Shadow Minister for International Trade. That's the Huawei situation. Now, you talked about uh, needing to be a good partner with the United States. Uh, are they doing right by us? Because, I mean, we've got tariffs on aluminum and steel that were not lifted. We thought maybe uh, there'd be a Hail Mary thrown at the G20 recently completed in Argentina last Friday when we all signed on to this thing formally, uh, still to be ratified. Uh, where do we stand as far as those tariffs are concerned? Because I know you're calling for a tariff strategy here, and in fact, didn't you request an emergency meeting of the Standing Committee on International Trade for today with the Prime Minister? Uh, anything come of that? Yeah, no, and I think that uh, you know we've we've now sort of blown through a couple of potential opportunities when when a, a late night agreement was reached there a couple of months ago. There was a great opportunity there to actually get uh, tariffs removed, and we had the signing uh, this past weekend at the G20. There's another opportunity, so I guess you know I, I, I'm not I'm not overly happy with where we're at and where we're at when it comes to tariffs on our steel and aluminum people. You know, as you and I have talked before, John, on the show, uh, our, our manufacturers in our automotive sector, aerospace sector, our, our manufacturing are all hurting big time as a result of this. And so I think that at the end of the day, um, you know, this is not only hurting our Canadian manufacturers, this is also hurting the Americans as well because of the additional costs that are on all our the individuals that have to deal with this issue. So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, what we need to do is we need the government to sort of talk to us about what the plan is. What, what's going to happen here? Are we, are we just sort of waiting with the whim of Mr. Trump uh, to determine when these things are going to be dealt with or lifted or removed? And really, quite frankly, businesses are struggling right now. They're also trying to come up with a plan in terms of what they're going to do to drive their own businesses forward. And unless we see these things sort of figured out, this really, really creates a lot of uncertainty for our small and medium-sized enterprises. Uh, that we have here in uh, not only in southwestern Ontario, but across the country. Well, you're assuming there is a plan, is there? No, and I don't think there is. That's the whole point. These guys are trying to figure out, you know, what are we doing next week, next year, you know, six months from now in terms of planning. And I met with someone the other day that said, you know, you know, Dean, I feel like I'm in a boat in the middle of the ocean with one oar. And basically, I'm just going around in circles. We cannot continue to do this forever. As a matter of fact, we're going to have to start making some strategic decisions about whether we actually relocate to the states or what do we do because we just cannot continue to operate the way we're operating right now.
Yeah, interesting analogy. In the ocean, uh, in a boat with one oar, I would say it's a certain creek, and uh, we don't have a paddle. (laughs) Absolutely. That's another great analogy, by the way, John. (laughs) Let me ask you, Dean, uh, because I understand we've also, this country has launched a legal challenge of the tariffs in the U.S. court system and before the World Trade Organization. Uh, Where's that going? Are you optimistic we'll get anything resolved there? Well, I think once again, the challenge is, is that, you know, we've been right many times before when it comes to software lumber, as you're probably well aware. Uh, and yet that doesn't do us any good when the, our, our businesses don't have the certainty we need to move forward, number one. And number two, uh, it doesn't matter if we win a court case, you know, a year from now, some of these businesses may, just may be out of business by then. And so I think the, the certainty piece once again comes back, and that's something we can never, we can never underestimate when companies are trying to make decisions for what they're going to do. We can be 100% right, but if, if, if it doesn't get resolved in a timely fashion, uh, these companies will still suffer as a result of them. All right. Well, you know, maybe it'll come up at the First Minister's Conference in Montreal tomorrow. Uh, of course, the Prime that, Minister's... That amongst many things. <laughs> well, yeah, there have been uh, some premiers who are agitating for a slight change to the agenda to uh, address priorities, but the Prime Minister has his own set, and uh, we'll see if that one actually comes to pass, because uh, some premiers are threatening, including Doug Ford, to walk away from it if they don't uh, address the things that he's concerned about. Uh, Dean, I'm going to let you go on that note. We'll pick up on these talking points in a moment here uh, with some callers, but uh, I appreciate your weighing in, as always, when it comes to matters of international trade. Oh, thanks, John. I appreciate it, too. You have a good, yourself a great day. And you, Dean Allison, Conservative Shadow Minister for International Trade. Well, how about it? I mean, this Prime Minister is uh, adamant on, uh, I guess, dictating, and his ministers like Morneau and Freeland uh, about, you know, what we need to discuss. But Ontario's Premier Doug Ford is saying, you know, and by the way, uh, Doug wields, let's call it inordinate clout. You got 13.5 million Ontarians, you know, it's, roughly a third of the population of the country and uh, industry and manufacturing, maybe a little less so of late, but uh, really is concentrated here in uh, in Ontario. And so I would think that uh, these concerns that he has and wants to address would be front and center for the prime minister in this tete-a-tete tomorrow in Montreal. I uh, want to come back and talk to that, whether or not uh, you believe Doug Ford, if they don't address the things that he wants to talk about, should actually boycott the first minister's meeting or walk out uh, as he has threatened to do thanks for listening to the john oakley show podcast be sure to rate review and subscribe for free at apple podcasts google podcasts and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio